Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, princely main characters, mysterious figures with a rose motif, mystical swords that can be summoned by the Chosen One, mischievous monkeys, and the magical splendor that is the Rose Bride. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 459, Revolutionary Girl, Utena. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcasts and vang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there and hope you're excited for another fun-filled episode because I am super excited because I get to tell you something really cool and awesome. But before that, let's actually welcome all the new listeners. Hello, if it's your first time, hope you're doing good and hope you're excited for a fun, cool, awesome podcast. Because welcome, Spirekin, or some podcasts and vain reviews about connectedly enhanced narratives, is a geeky podcast where we talk about various nerdy topics, depending on the show you're listening to. Since it's the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga. I tell you the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the production quality, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in Spirekin in any of your search engines, and I guarantee you find one of our things one way or the other. And to our society members, welcome. Hope you guys are doing good. You're all awesome. And uh, you guys are something really cool because you're seeing the behind the scenes of me doing the podcast. So if you want to check that out, support our Patreon, help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, or you can tweet me at Spirekin. And now that's out of the way, let's actually get to the manga review in hand, because I'm actually excited to talk about this one, because this is one that I found out about years ago when it was released in Animerica Extra. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Animerica, because it's a magazine that no longer exists, many, many years ago, for anime and manga fans there was a magazine called Animerica which covered the newest and coolest things ever it had everything from Evangelion to Cardcaptor Sakura, Akira, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away tons of stuff and because it was so popular and it's focused on the articles they created a second edition called Animerica Extra which is just about manga and there were some amazing series in there there was Steam Detectives there was uh, Millennial Marionette which is a very weird manga that's impossible to find. If anyone can figure out where that is and let me know, I'd appreciate it because it's such a weird and unique concept. Um, Video Girl I was in there, but it was severely censored because that's a very rapey manga. But there was one other that was debuted and released when a certain film came out. And that's the one we're talking about today. It's one which is pretty different and unique and puts the shoujo genre on its head. Because... If you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. And it dictated to be there viewing a manga that was written by Chiho Saito, but it's based on a franchise idea that was come up with by the group known as B-Papas. So the B-Papas were a group of anime and manga aficionados who decided to create a franchise in multiple versions. And they worked together to create one narrative, and as things went on, they kept changing things and adding things, and it became one really cool concept. And that's what this was, because it's very surreal and in-depth. And Chiyo Saito was in charge of making the manga, and because of the original premise for the manga, 
it's a little bit censored and a little different than the anime and the movie was. So just be prepared. There are a lot of differences, and I'll go over some of the differences when I talk about characters and whatnot. But like I said, this was made by Chio Sato. Original story is by the Bee Papas. And she also illustrated the this. And this is published by Shogokuken, which means it's released over here by, you guessed it, Viz Media. It was originally released in Flower Comics. It is a shoujo series that originally came out in 1996 to 1998. There are five volumes plus a sixth volume, which is actually an adaptation of the film. And then in 2017, they released two special volumes as kind of like, here's what happened after everything. Kind of a, here's where they are now. Which I haven't actually checked out, but I've heard a lot of good things about. And... This manga is a romance surrealist shoujo series that is known simply as Shoujo Kakumi Utana, or Revolutionary Girl Utana. So for those of you who have never heard of this series, it is one of the most iconic uh, shoujo series of the 90s because it did something completely different. It wasn't like Cardcaptor Sakura or any of those other magical girl series or the romance series where it's, oh, the girl, she's a withering flower and everyone has to help her out and she's falling down and constantly she needs a prince to save her. No. Utena Tenjo, the main character, is not that damsel in distress. She's someone who is strong, powerful, assertive, and she doesn't need a prince because she is the prince. Because after the death of her parents... She ended up falling into a river and was saved by a mysterious figure who was just a weird gentleman who she dubbed her prince. He smelled like roses. He was beautiful and handsome. And he gave her a rose-encrusted signet ring. And he promised her that one day they would meet again and she should be strong. And because of this, she is inspired to become noble and honest and to become a prince. She's going to save the day and kick butt. And that's her life. That's what she wants to do. She wants to be noble and strong. And because she is someone who does not follow the rules, she is kind of subverting interests and becomes super popular. She's the girl that walks into the school wearing a boy's uniform. Because, you know what? When she runs, she doesn't want guys to look up her skirt. And if someone's being bullied, she's the one who's going to take charge and save the day. Why? Because no one should treat someone else like that. She's noble, she's honest, and she's brave. And she's really intimidating. And people really like her for that. Not everybody, but most people like her. And then, after finding out that her aunt, who she lives with because her parents died, is going to be moving to Amsterdam and wants her to go. She's kind of having a moment of crisis because the person she thought was her prince wasn't actually her prince. It was actually a guy that was in love with her aunt. Long story. It's in the first chapter. She ends up finding out that her prince left her a message on where to find her because... Every year he'd send her a letter, this cryptic messages that eventually said, you'll see me soon. And on the back are, is the photograph of a prestigious academy known as the Otori Academy. So she ends up enrolling there and shows up there. And this is where our story really begins after two chapters. And when she gets to the school, everyone loves her. She's not, well, most of the girls think she's popular. She's amazing. She's the girl that no man will ever tame. She's the one that's going to defend them all. She's cool. She's great at sports. She's great in school. She's great at everything. And they love her. And her best friend, who is named Wakaba, ends up 
well, one, Wakaba's kind of weird because she's in love with Utena, but not. Like, she's like, you're my boyfriend. I love you. You're the best. You're the greatest. We're going to be together forever. And even at some point being like, oh, you like her? Well, you know what? I'll be the mistress and I'll take you away from her. She's like super in love with her. But before she fell in love with Utena, totally. She was in love with the vice president of the student council, Seonji. And she wrote him a beautifully written love letter that the next day, that love letter was posted on a bulleted board for everyone to see, and she's utterly humiliated. So Utena, being the good friend, she ends up going to the guy who supposedly put this up and says, that's not cool what you did. I challenge you for my friend's honor, because we'll f- you're in the Kendo Academy, we'll fight with Kendo sticks. It's like, oh, you're challenging me to a duel, and notices the signet ring on her finger. He's like, all right, we're going to do this. And he ends up leading her to a mysterious abandoned building in the school, which isn't really abandoned, but it is. And as she goes upstairs, following him, suddenly at the top of this clock tower, there is a weird dueling area where if you look up in the sky, there's a castle that's upside down. This is the dueling area. And it turns out that this is the student council's Duel of the Roses, where Victors of these duels end up getting possession of the Rose Bride, or Seonji's quote-unquote girlfriend, Anthe Himamiya, who is this girl who's kind of docile, dark-skinned, and doesn't really talk, and it's kind of like, yes, Seonji, whatever you say, when Seonji kind of treats her like shit and hits her. He's, he's kind of an abusive guy. And so she ends up saying, I'm, I was just going to do this for Wakabe, but I'm going to do it to save her, because she's not a thing, she's a person. And they end up getting into a duel where they're going to use their weapons and she has her kendo stick ready to go and seonji ends up going to anthe flipping her down she says a magic phrase and ends up pulling out a sword out of anthe this is the sword of the rose and utana ends up finding out that she's involved in this giant battle to revolutionize the world by gaining power from a being known as Dios. And also, who is the mysterious figure known as World's End? The organizer of these duels. Well, that's what this story is about. And while I could totally spoil this entire series, I don't really want to because there's so many little elements of things that are unique to it. And if you've watched the anime, you know this is completely insane and very subversive of archetypes. Because... As I said, Utena ends up winning the match, gets Anthe as her bride. She's now the Rose Bride who lives with her. Ends up moving with Utena into the East dorm house, where it's just them living together. And Anthe is distant, superficially polite, cooks food, not good at school. And her best friend is a monkey named Choo Choo, who is the best character ever. Because Choo Choo eats cookies, he drinks tea, and also he has the ability to poison curry. Curry chapter is my favorite chapter in the whole series. But, so, Anthe is this damsel in distress who a lot of people think is also a witch because of things that she does. And that's the thing about this series is that a lot of the characters are dual-natured. It's not just, they are this character. It's not just the, oh, this is the person that's going to be the hero. This is the villain. It's no, everyone is dual-natured. Utena herself is because she both is this noble warrior and the prince of her own destiny, but she's also this naive magical girl who kind of wants to become the damsel in distress. When she finds out that this person may be her prince, 
she suddenly starts acting like a girl. Like, you see her going from, I'm wearing boys' clothes, to, I'm going to wear this dress that he bought me because she kind of likes it. And she's interested. And she has feelings of one character who's kind of important, the president of the student council, Toga, who really, like, his... His reasoning for doing the duels is he's kind of in cohorts with World's End, but he has his own machinations. But eventually, he sees what Utena wants to do, and he ends up being... He falls in love with her for it. So he's like, you know what? I You you won our battle, and I'm going to quit being student council president, but I want to be your servant because I love you and I want to believe in you. And he ends up following her to a point when it gets real. And it's... Their relationship is very unique, and it's very different than if you watch the anime. In the anime, Toga is a hound who likes sleeping with anything on the floor. But he's also someone who is dual-natured, where he is the um, polite, insecure person, but he's also the pervert. We found more about his perverseness because of the fact he was raped as a child, and, but that's anime, not manga. We're talking manga. Another one is Seonji, the vice president, the guy who's captain of the Kingdom team, the guy who's kind of obsessed with Anthony because he sees the Rose Bride as this mindless doll that's never going to disobey him, never going to leave him, because he's insecure. And he wants her to be with him forever. So it's that whole, I'm masculine, but I'm also insecure. You also have the rival for Toga's heart, which is Juri. Juri, you know, she hates Utena for being the rival, but and she's in love with Toga, but there's more to it than that because if you watch the anime, that's not the case at all. Jury is in love with a character, uh, well, Shiori, yes, she's in love with a girl, and she's depicted as straight in the manga because Chio Saito was given limitations on what she could do in the manga. So it's like, yep, we can't ever be a lesbian, we gotta make her straight. There's other characters too, like uh, Miki Kaori, who is the seventh grader member of the student council, who has a crush on Utena, and it's kind of this, it has a lot of shoujo elements, but they're all subverted and changed and flipped on their head in some sort of way, which I really don't want to go crazy about. But I kind of digress with where we're going on this. Um, I'm just, because the thing is that this was changed so much with everything that, all the elements that changed because of what happened, because there's a lot of scrutiny put on this because of the LGBT themes that were in the center of the manga. And because of that, Chio Saito had to go through four, four publishers in order to make this work because the editors just were like, no, nah, you got to change this. So she got another editor and got another editor. So four editors. And this is a lot more tame than the television series. Now, if you watch the movie, that's completely batshit insane let's be honest the end of the movie ends up with Utena turning into a car then there's a car race and then at the end her and Anthe end up blowing up uh Anthe's uh brother who is the main villain of the series spoilers <laughs> but yeah he's kind of there's, there's it's a whole thing I'm not gonna get into all of it but this is this came out in 96 it's been over 30 years so I can kind of spoil it but throughout the whole series itself it is one which is truly important for the shoujo genre because it did something different it did something unique and it set up a lot of staples that are available today yes you could say it was inspired by um 
Rose of Versailles because of the rose element, because of a lot of the imagery, and because of the fact that it's about a girl who wants to, who's essentially being a masculine character. But this did its own thing, and I really appreciate what they did with it. Now, is this for everybody? Honestly, no, it's not for everybody. Um, the themes are kind of polarizing because... Some people are like, yeah, this is really cool and really awesome. Other people are like, whoa, this is way too um, focused on themes. So some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to say some elements about it. I felt it was, the, well, the manga is a lot less, it's more toned down and more appreciative than the anime. If you watch the anime, the anime is totally uh agenda heavy the manga not so much it's got it but it's sprinkled in there a little more and i kind of like that element to it i think the manga is superior to the anime but the manga is only five volumes the anime is three seasons i think it's 39 episodes and then the movie well the movie is its own thing i will admit i saw that in theaters and I, my brain was like what the what did i just watch i mean it's not the weirdest thing i've seen that's still sunny boy but it's kind of weird but i digress so, talked about the overarching theme, who I thought was for. Let's talk about the art. The art is pretty good. As you can see, I'm going to post a picture here of some of the artwork. It, it's not bad. I enjoyed the art design. I like that it's very minimalist at times. I love Choo Choo and how silly he is. And when Choo Choo is possessed by someone, I think that's one of the best scenes ever. And then, of course, the reverse happening with Seonji being weird. Out of all this, I have to give this a, I'm thinking about this in our middle of the ground rating of a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, but forgettable. And the reason for this, and I know it's like, I've been hyping this so much. It's amazing. It's great. Unfortunately, it's been 30, about 30 years. No, uh, hold on. Uh, uh, yeah, about 30 years since this came out. And it has not been rescued. It has been licensed out. I have the originals in a, well, as you can see, I have them in a actual, the magazines over there where I could look through the magazines to read them. But the Tankaban, you can get online for $29, but it has been rescued by Viz. I would love to see Viz re-release this in a nicer edition. I think that would be really cool, especially with everything going on now. I think that it would be a nice re-released to an amazing series that was done well maybe for its the anniversary in 2026 they could do something i don't know if you're watching this viz let me know what you think if you like this or not um but yeah i really like the series i think it's well done i love the characters i do admit it's not for everybody there are elements that are kind of cringy and did not age well. Uh, a lot of the stuff with seonji did not age well and that was a deterrent to me i think that his task Toxic masculinity is something which is, I want to say, hor not horrific, but it's, we could do better. The thing is, we could do a hundred times better with that. And that's my point. It's something which it feels we went backwards with that. And that's a shame. Is I would have liked more representation in so many different ways. But I'm getting all over the place. Uh, I think this is a good series. I really do. I just, it's a shame that it's not readily available. It's difficult to get a hold of. And more importantly than that, it's one which just, we're going to have to see where it goes. But, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. Let me know what you think. 
What are your thoughts? Email me, zan at spirekin.com, or tweet me at spirekin. Do you agree with me that Utena is uh, Gift from your crazy Aunt Miro, okay but forgettable? Or do you think it was better? Do you think it was Borrow from a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered Pocky? Or my highest rating of really, really, really cool. Did you like it that much? I mean, I like it. I just... It just seems like it's been supplanted by so much else. It's a cornerstone, but it's not the same type of cornerstone like Rose of Versailles was. But again, I'm talking myself into a corner. So we're going to leave it at that. That's my thoughts on it. Let me know what you think. And with that in mind, let's actually get to the manga releases of the week. And this is for March 15, 2022. We've got 25 titles that came in. First off, we've got Alice in Borderland, Volume 1, the manga. Attack on Titan, the Omnibus 3, which is Volume 7 through 9. Battle Angel Alita, Volume 5, the paperback. Beastars, Volume 17. Beauty and the Beast of Paradise, Lost, Volume 4. Big Giant Omnibus, which is Volumes 9 and 10. You have Children of the Whales, Volume 19. You have Fists of the North Star, Volume 4, which I have been waiting for because Volume 3 is amazing, but 4, we need to know more about Kenshiro and what's going on, if he's going to punch Rao in the face. Well, we're going to see what happens with that. Anyway, we had uh, Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, Modozushi, the novel, Volume 2. We have Gunbred Sisters, Volume 1. Hell's Paradise, Jokoraku, Volume 13. Island in Apollo, Volume 1. Karate Survivor in Another World, the manga, Volume 3. Kuma 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 Bear, the light novel, Volume 10. Magical Girl, Spec Ops, Asuka, Volume 13. Maison Koku Collector's Edition, Volume 7. This one, if you're a fan of Godai and you want to see what happens, this one is one to get because this is a big part of the series and this one is one that everyone should get. Anyway, My Dear Friend Nokotan, Volume 1. Oku, The Inner Chamber, Volume 19. Orochi, The Perfect Edition, Volume 1. Rent-A-Girlfriend, Volume 11. The Country Without Humans, Volume 2. And then finally, we have, or last four, The Hidden Dungeon Only I Can Enter, Volume 5. The Seven Deadly Sins, Four Nights of the Apocalypse, Volume 2. The Strange Adventures of a Broke Mercenary, The Light Novel, Volume 4. And then finally, The Uzumagi Coloring Book. And one more that was released this week was The Long, Long Goodbye of the Last Bookshop, which is actually a novel that Yen Press released under Yen On. Uh, how I found out about this? Well, funny story. My job actually asked me if it was coming out this week or where to put it because it's a novel. But yeah, so if you want to check that out, check that out. But all these books are really cool and really interesting. Now, which are the ones you're most excited for? For me personally, I am excited for Battle Angel, Blue Giant, Fist of the North Star, Island in a Puddle, Maison Koku, Oku the Inner Chamber, Oroki, Rent-A-Girlfriend, The Country of Humans, and of course... Uzumaki, the coloring book. Which of these are you interested in? Let me know. Email me, zanspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. So, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, first off, thank all of you for listening I appreciate and watching. I appreciate each and every one of you. You're all awesome and great. And every email, every message gives me more energy and more... Um, makes me more interested in doing this. Because I love doing this. Don't get me wrong. I love recommending manga, but every time I feel kind of down, I read a email and it gives me the strength and the power to keep going and i'm going to keep recommending manga and i'm going to keep reading manga till i'm an old man where i have to read mangas with thick reading glasses and large print but i digress the last bit of news before we get to that part you've all waiting for is the biggest news of all and one i'm excited i'm actually allowed to talk about the fact is that i zan have been picked as a feature panelist for anime boston 
How awesome is that? I'm going to be a feature panelist at Anime Boston. I got six panels, six, and they're all going to be great. I have 22 uh, cooking manga recommendations. I've got 22 pet manga recommendations. I've got the Insane Manga Challenge. I've got uh, a whole new world on Izakai. I've got uh, From Under the Bed Horror and Anime Manga. And then i got one more which I'm going to keep as a secret for you to attend. So if you're going to Anime Boston, I'm a feature panelist. Check out my panels. And if you mention the podcast, I've got something really cool for you that I'm working on. We're going to see if I can get it made beforehand because I've updated a couple things if you haven't noticed on the website. And I've been updating a couple things in on the Patreon. So you got to check it out. So remember to like, share, subscribe. And as usual, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no subsidy. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it, as you can see if you're watching the video. And each manga slot has a different title on it. There are things like Oroki, Takabana and Hana, Living Room Masanaga-san, and so many others. So what we're going to do is we're going to spin this one that's only this Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on the manga that's in that spot is the one I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, episode 460. That is 40 away from episode 500. I am excited to get to 500. I'm excited to see where we are, and I'm excited for some of these titles. So let's spin and see what we're going to review, shall we? Number 10, I Had That Dream Again. I have not heard about this manga, but this one looks kind of cool. Um, I know it's an omnibus, so it's a one-shot. We'll see how it goes. But with that in mind, I hope you guys enjoy. And hope everyone's doing well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all the Society members. Remember to like, share, subscribe. As usual, I am your host, Zan. I am Gonzville. Catch you guys next time. And keep reading manga. I'll see you later. <laughs>